0: Thank you so much, Rabbi Moskowitz, for the very warm and generous introduction. Um, I'm no stranger to Yeshiva Taras Chaim. I actually had the privilege to teach in the Yeshiva about 20 years ago while I was still a Bachar. I had the opportunity to give a shir in the high school for a short stint. And it's really amazing to see the Yeshiva's tremendous growth over the last 20 years, uh, their impact on their community through the tremendous chinuch that they've given to generations of students, the impact they've had on the adults through various learning initiatives such as this, Uh, a yeshiva with five divisions, more than a thousand talmidim, and it's uh, our humble bracha that the yeshiva continue to be the source of Torah and life to the South Florida community, to the entire Florida community, the United States and beyond for many happy and healthy years. So I would like to sh- uh, begin tonight's shir with a very compelling question and a very jarring question. A question we may not dare to ask. However, this question is raised by one of the great Rishonim. The Gemara tells us in Masech the Shabbos on Davchof Gimel Ametbeis. The Gemara makes an amazing promise. It says, The Gemara Haragil Bener, one who is accustomed to lighting the candle. And the Mefarshim explain, Rashi the Marsha, that this candle refers to Ner Chanukah. Haragil one who is accustomed to lighting the Ner Chanukah, Hav yin banim tamid chacham will have children who are Torah scholars, learned, educated, refined children. What a promise the Gemara makes that if one is careful to light the Ner Chanukah, one will have children who are Torah scholars, every parent's dream. And the question that we may be thinking and may not be brave enough to ask is a question raised by the son of the Rivid, Rabbeinu Yitzchak Sagi Nahar. Rabbeinu Yitzchak, he was blind, he was the son of the raivet. And he asks, really? Everybody who lights the Ner Hanukkah will be zoicha, will merit to have children who are tamili chachamim? Is that really the case? Doesn't every observant Jew light the Ner Hanukkah? And yet, not everyone merits to have sons who are Torah scholars, who are Talmidei Chachamim. Yes, it's everyone's dream, and yet we all like the Nebuchadnezzar and not everybody merits to have Banim Talmidei Chachamim. So how does how do we account for this promise of the Gemara that does not seem to be fulfilled in all situations? Perhaps we would never ask this question on our own, but this in fact is a question raised by one of the great Rishonim, Rabbi Yitzchak Sagi Nahar. Quite interesting. If we were to pinpoint and hone in, what exactly is the miracle of Chanukah? Then we look no further than perhaps the most celebrated two words in all of Talmud Bavli, the most celebrated words in the Gemara, "My Chanukah." What in fact is Chanukah? And the Gemara goes on to tell us, that when the Ivanum entered the Hechal, they contaminated all of the oil in the Hechal. And finally, when we prevailed over the Ivanum when we prevailed over the Syrian Greeks, and we went back into the Hechal and we searched, and we searched, and we searched, and we found one flask of oil that was enough for one night, and they lit that flask of oil, and lo and behold, it lasted for eight days, for eight nights and eight days. And the Gemara says, Lafikah, therefore, Bashano HaCheres, in the following year, Kavam, Baasam, they established it and they made it, yam Yamtav, B'halel, B'hoida. So here we have it. What is the celebration of Hanukkah? What is the Yamtav of Hanukkah? What is the miracle that we commemorate? As Rashi says in that Gemara, Al-Ezan-Nes-Kavuha. For what miracle do they establish the miracle of Hanukkah? The Gemara says clearly, it was established because of the miracle of the oil. Conspicuously absent from the Gemara is any mention of the military victory. And yet, if you would ask, if you would ask somebody randomly, so what was the uh, what was the miracle of Hanukkah? What did we really need from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Wouldn't everybody says say that it was the military victory that we needed to preserve? The safety, the well-being, the spiritual vitality of the Jewish people. Didn't we need God to wage our war? Rafta esrivam. Didn't we need the military victory? Isn't that a much more important uh, miracle to commemorate? And in fact, if you look in the Alanisim, the only thing that is mentioned is Rabin biad maatim, the many in the hands of the few. Tamei biad tahirim, Rishon biad sadikim. We talk about the military victory there is absolutely no mention of the miracle of oil. And it would seem to be for good reason, because in the scheme of things, certainly it was the continuity and physical security and safety of the Jewish people that would overshadow any other divine intervention. So... On the one hand, we have this blatant contradiction where the Gemara says that what is Hanukkah? For what miracle do we commemorate? The miracle of the oil. And yet, if you look in the Alanisim, the only thing that is mentioned is the military victory. And to bolster the question, to strengthen the question, let's cite perhaps the second most well-known question on Hanukkah. Namely, the question of the Pnei Yeshua, Masecht of Alfam and the question of Shalsat Chivas Chacham They ask, since there is a halachic principle, Tuma Hutsra that when the majority of the Jewish people are tamei, we are permitted to perform the avodah, we're permitted to perform the service in the temple, in the Mikdash in a state of impurity. So then, why did we even need the miracle of the oil? We know that God does not make miracles unless they're absolutely necessary. Otherwise, He prefers to run the world in what we call B'dar in the natural course, in, under the guise of what we refer to as nature. God only performs a miracle if, his, so to speak, His back is up against the wall, unless He must perform the miracle. So why did God have to perform this miracle? Why did the Rebundasham have to make oil that should have lasted for one day last for eight days? After all, we know that Tuma is hot, but if the majority of the Jewish people are Tameh, it is perfectly sufficient. In fact, the Pnei Yeshua adds, it's not even a hider, it's not even beautifying the mitzvah, it's not even an enhanced Performance of the mitzvah to do it betarah in purity. So why did the rabbis have to make the miracle of the oil? Let alone that that should be the miracle focused upon in the Gemara in Masechtah Shabbos. While in the Al Hanisim, the only thing that is mentioned is the military victory. This week's parasha, Parshas Vayeshev. We read the sad saga. Of the sale of Yosef Hatzadek. and Yosef is sold down to Mitzrayim. And the Torah records that when the brothers wanted to sell Yosef, oh, they pointed out in the distance, "Vehine Archas Gilad," a caravan of Ishma'elites were coming from Gilad, and you know what their camels were laden with? Ugmaleihem noisim They were carrying aromatic items, items that smelled good, our items that had a very fragrant aroma. And Rashi points out, uh, wait a second, our cousins, the Yishma'ilem, they are not necessarily known for their fragrant aroma. They usually carry itchran tar, which was foul of a foul-smelling item. So why were they carrying these nichos these very fragrant uh, spices. And Rashi says that because of the tzaddik Yosef, Hashem wanted him to be able to descend to Mitzrayim in something that smelled uh, pleasant, in something that had a fragrant aroma. But the question is, Yosef probably could not have cared less what the caravan that was kidnapping him smelled like. I mean, let's put this into perspective for a moment. Yosef Hasadik just moments ago, was sitting on the top of the world. He's his father's favorite son. His father made him the xinus possum. the special garments that were a sign of his father's great intense love for him. Yosef at Sadiq was given over all the traditions that Yaakov had from Yeshiva Sheva Eva. Yosef Atalik was sitting on the top of the world. He was his father's favorite son. And now he's being kidnapped and sold. And he's he's descending to the most decrepit, degenerate, immoral country in the world, away from his father, away from his family. I guarantee you there were no kosher pizza stores in Mitzrayim. Yosef Atzadik, his whole life was coming, crashing down. His whole life as he knew it was being destroyed. Do you think it really mattered to Yosef Atzadik what the caravan of the terrorists that were bringing him down to Mitzrayim smelled like? In such a desperate time, it was negligible in the context of what was taking place. Who cares what it smelled like? When God took the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim, the Pasuk emphasizes Today you're leaving. In the month, in the season of the spring. Rashi points out, God is telling the Jewish people, look at the weather. It's not freezing cold. I didn't take you out in the winter time. I didn't take you out, I'm not talking about a Florida winter. I'm talking about New York winter. I didn't take you out in New York winter. I didn't take you out in the humidity of the summer. I took you out in a perfect season. It was springtime. It was like San Diego. It had, there was a breeze. There was no humidity. Realize my love for you, Kal Yisrael. I took you out on such a beautiful season. As the Apostlech says, God takes out prisoners just at the right time. And we ask the same question. The Jewish people were just experienced the Holocaust for 210 years. Their babies were taken away from before their eyes. They were built into pyramids. And they were used as bricks. They were cemented into the buildings. 2.4 million Jews were murdered in Egypt. Do you think the Jewish people cared what the weather was like when they were being liberated from that Gehenna? Do you think the Jewish people cared what that it wasn't raining outside? I guarantee you they would have been singing in the rain had God taken them out of Egypt in the rain, or in the snow, or in any weather. My grandfather, Harav Mordechai Leib Glastin, shall live and be well. He's a survivor of all the infamous death camps. When he was liberated from Dachau in 1945, do you think he cared about the weather? Do you think it even registered on these prisoners, on these skeletons, what the weather was like? Why is the Torah emphasizing that, look, hayoi yoitzim now let's think about this for a moment. How much time, how much good weather did the Jewish people experience when they left Egypt? Well, Chazal tells us that at the moment that, that they were supposed to leave Mitzrayim, they were all miraculously gathered to Ramses. And from there they traveled to Sukkos. Now, uh, the moment they uh, uh, arrived at Sukkos, Tagim Yonus and Menuziel says they were surrounded by Anani Akavod which was like a climate-controlled bubble, which protected them from sun, which warmed them from cold, which protected them from the elements. They were completely sheltered in this climate-controlled bubble of clouds of glory. So the only time the Jewish people could have even experienced good weather would have been from Ramses to Sukkis. How long of a trip is it from Ramses to Sukais? Well, actually, it's a pretty formidable trip. It's quite a distance. Rashi says it's 120 mil. However, we know they needed their dough in Ramses and they could not allow it to become chametz. By the time they got to Sukkos, Chazal say that a miracle happened. They got to Sukkos in under 18 minutes. So, friends, the Torah is pointing out, my Jewish people, Look what a beautiful day it is. I'm taking you out in springtime. Do you know how much time the Jewish people could have been basking in the good weather? Less than machine or hand matzah. Less than 18 minutes. And that's what the Torah is emphasizing? Look outside. It's a breezy, balmy day. Who cares? Who cares what the weather was? And it was such a short amount of time. Why the emphasis on the good weather? says Reb Chaim Shmulevitz in the Madura uh, Chadasha, in in a new edition of the Sichos Musar. says Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, it's much more than a good smell. And it's a lot more than nice, pleasant weather. Says Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, when Yosef was going down to Mitzrayim, Yosef was in danger of feeling, of thinking, that the Yiv'an Shalom forgot about him, that he was being abandoned, that he was being forsaken. All of a sudden, Yosef, wait a second. These Yishma'elim are carrying a good-smelling substance. They usually carry foul-smelling substance. You know what that good smell will do to Yosef? It will completely change his perspective on what's occurring. He'll say to himself, the Hashem is not abandoning me. The Yisrael is not forsaking me. This is like a flash of light in the dark world of Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef sees this ray of light and now he feels, the is not forsaking me, the is not abandoning me, the is taking me by the hand and he's leading me down to Mitzrayim. He's with me. He must have an important plan. I must have a mission going down to Mitzrayim. That isolated smell is not an isolated chesed. It completely changes Yosef's perspective of what is transpiring. The Rav has not forgotten about me. The is... Walking me down to Mitzrayim, he's taking me. He's leading me down to Mitzrayim. He has a great, he has a great mission for me. The greatest gift in the history of the Jewish people were the miraculous events of the Exodus of Yitzchus Mitzrayim. However, if you love someone and you want to give them a gift, so you go to your wife, and um, it's your fiftieth anniversary, and she says. Uh, so, after all these years, what would you get me? And you say, you know what I got you? To express my love for you. And you pull out of a paper bag a invaluable diamond ring. It's worth $25,000. And you pull it out of a paper bag and you hand it to your wife. Yeah, I guarantee you, she'll take the ring. But there was something a little bit lacking in that gift not the purchase price. That you went all out. There was something lacking in the presentation. And sometimes there is an intangible quality of the presentation of a gift that demonstrates endearment, love, chavivos. So when you take that diamond ring and you put it in a nice pretty box and you wrap it in elegant wrapping paper and you put a bow around it, did the... Box that you put the ring in, did the wrapping paper, did the bow, did it increase the value of the diamond ring? It did not increase its value. Ki huza. It did not go up in value, even one iota, even one penny. However, there's this intangible quality that you added to the gift, the love, the endearment. That added touch makes all the difference in the world says Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, and this is also brought out in the Sefer, Simcha God gave us a beautiful gift, an invaluable gift. How could we ever repay him enough? Almost every mitzvah we do every single day of our life is to remember the great gift of the exodus of Egypt. Be it art tzitzis, be it art Fillin, be it the observance of Shabbos, be it walking out of every door and having mezuzah on the door, be it kiddush night, be it sukkah, be it Pesach, women work so hard to prepare for Pesach, showing gratitude to the Lord, to the Rebbein for taking us out of Mitzrayim. That gift is invaluable. Nothing could be added to the retail value of that gift except for, says Rebbein let me wrap that gift for you. Let me give you that gift with love, with Ahava, raba, with Ahavas, I'm going to take you out of Egypt, not in the wintertime. Not in the summertime. I'm going to wrap up that gift with such elegant wrapping paper, with such a bow to show my love for you. I don't just want to bestow upon you kindness. I'm going to do it, be ahava uvechiba. And that is the beautiful weather that we experienced when we left Mitzrayim. It's not the weather. It didn't make the Exodus more enjoyable, but it did. Because we got a gift from God. With with love, that is the intangible quality of the weather. Says of Chaim you know there was a, a family that they had an heirloom, they had a jewel that's been passed down for many many generations, going back to the 1500s, and everybody knew that this jewel was could not be priced. There was no there's no way to to evaluate this this wonderful jewel this. Invaluable jewel. And they lost the jewel. They didn't know where it went. It was lost for days, for days, for weeks. And one of the children was jumping on the mattress. And he gave a big jump and out of the mattress flew the lost treasure. And he comes running to his father. And everyone's ecstatic. And the father and the mother, they're jumping for joy. They thought it was lost. This was passed down for generations. And the father goes over and he kisses his child. Everyone is so happy that the jewel has been found, but that child is extra happy because that child received a kiss from his father. And that's something that money can't buy. Says Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, Chanukah is celebrating the miracle that we needed more than anything else. And that's the military victory. Our lives were in danger. Our religion was was in jeopardy. The ability to observe Shabbos, the ability to observe brismila, the ability to observe many mitzvot. We were being threatened by Hellenism, by the Greek culture, and we needed so badly the military victory. But God says, let me give you this gift, not just because I have to, and not just because you need it, I'm going to give you this gift. I'm going to wrap it in the most elegant paper. I'm going to put a bow around it. I'm going to add to this miracle something, you know what? Maybe you don't really need. You could have gotten away with lighting a menorah with tummy oil. After all, tuma is Chutra But I'm going to give you an added intangible gift to demonstrate that this military victory. I'm not just bestowing upon you because I need to and you need it. I'm giving it to you with love. This is, the miracle of the oil was the wrapping paper. The miracle of the oil was the bow around the gift. Says Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, the miracle of the oil was the kiss from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And as ecstatic as we are that Reb HaShem saved our life, but there's this intangible happiness that the Riban gave it to us with love. He gave it to us He gave it to us with a kiss. And that is something that money cannot buy. That is something that we have no way to show enough gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know, when we examine the Gemara Masech Shabbos that talks about the formulation and the legislation of the Yamtif of Hanukkah, we encounter something Mind-boggling. It's a Gemara we've read so many, so many times in our life. Look at the language of the Gemara. The Gemara says, There, the next year, "Kavum." they established it, "Va'asam," and they made it, Yamim Toivim, holiday, Be'halel, but through the recitation of Halel, V'hoida, and thanking Hashem. Do we ever realize what parak in Masech the Shabbos this Gemara is? It's in Bamem Adlikin. Why is this in Ba'ameh Because since we're talking about the lighting of the Ner Shabbos, so Agavorcha, as a side point, we speak about the lighting of the Menorah. So what mitzvah do you think the Gemara that speaks about Hanukkah should emphasize and highlight more than anything else? The Gemara should say, therefore the next year they made a Yomtif for the recitation of Hallel and thanking Hashem. And lighting the menorah. And glaringly absent, conspicuously absent from the formulation of Chanukah in Talmud Bavli is there is no mention whatsoever that they established the Yomtiv to light the menorah. What happened to the lighting of the menorah? Look in the Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchas Chanukah, Paragimal, Halacha Gimel when he codifies this Gemara, when he is at Ma'atik, the words of this Gemara, he tells us the story that the Yavanna the Hechal, and they contaminated the Hechal, and they established on the 25th day of Kislev to do the following. Says the Rambam, what do we do on the 25th day of Kislev? We... Yimei Simcha, days of happiness, the Hallel, and the recitation of Hallel. Now Hallel is in the Gemara. Umadlik and and we light the Menorah. So the Rambam got it right. The Rambam writes Chanukah was formulated to light the Menorah, but interestingly, the Rambam omits that which the Gemara says that Chanukah was formulated to thank Hashem. So there's something inconsistent here. Rebbe Yohu Mizrahi, in his commentary to the Smag, asks, why did the Gemara omit the most important mitzvah of Hanukkah, namely, the lighting of the Menorah? And Rav Bitzal in the Mishnah Siaivitz, wants to know, why has the Rambam omitted that which the Gemara says, that Hanukkah was formulated to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and yet the Rambam omits that and instead substitutes that with, U Madlikin Menorah. The key to understanding this Rambam lies in the words of another comment in the Rambam. The Rambam makes uh, an astounding statement. The Rambam in Hichos Chanukah, Perek Dalit, Halach Yud Bey, says, Mitzvah Ner Chanukah, Mitzvah Chavivahi Adma'oid. The Mitzvah Langdiminar is very beloved. The Tzarch Adam Li Zarba, a person has to be careful in it in order to publicize the miracle. And if you don't have what to eat, You should borrow or sell your clothing and purchase oil to light the menorah. The Rambam says, Lighting the menorah is a mitzvah chavivohi adma'od. And I ask you, friends, indeed it is very beloved, but the Rambam does not use such an expression, By any other mitzvah in the Torah! Tefillin is the and Nowhere does the Rambam say it's a very beloved mitzvah. How about Shabbos? How about mezuzah? How about... Tefillin, how about tzitzis? How about sukkah? Aren't these very beloved mitzvahs? I'm sure they are. But the Rambam makes no comment about how beloved they are to God. And yet when it comes to the mitzvah of the Menorah, the Rambam feels that it's important to convey to the Jewish people that this is a mitzvah chaviva hi. i what is so beloved? What is so endearing? Why does God love the mitzvah of Nebuchadnezzar so much? It's only the Rambanon. Even laning the Megillah on Purim, which is the Rabban, the Rambam doesn't say it's a mitzvah chaviv ma'oid What exactly is it about lighting the Menorah that it is such a beloved mitzvah? Tachkadesh Baruchu. Well, Rav Betzalel jolti in the Mishnah Siyavits, as well as Rav Shlomazam Zaman Orbach in the Mai, they both formulate the same approach to understanding the light of uh, lighting the Menorah, which will, uh, God willing, give us a, a much deeper insight into the importance of the mitzvah of lighting the menorah and give us an insight in how we can merit to have the nachas from our children, the nachas we're all hoping for, the nachas we all pray for, the nachas we all yearn for, and we... Uh, beseech Akadash Baruch Hu, that he should answer our Tfilos, that indeed we should be zoha, to have children, banum Uvne banim Says Rabbi Zoldi, the key to understanding why the Gemara omits the mitzvah of lighting the menorah, the key to understanding why the Rambam does include the mitzvah of lighting the menorah, and omits that which the Gemara says, that Chanukah was formulated to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu lies in a comment of a Rishon, the Chidushe Riyaz. What are the Rishon? The Riyaz. The Riaz says the following expression. When the Riyaz codifies the Gemara, Masachta Shabbos, the Riaz writes Kavum va'asam they formulate and establish eight days. Mir bahem halal, that we complete the halal as mentioned. Um and we thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through the lighting of the menorah. Wow. The Riyaz is revealing to us that the way, the manner with which we thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu on Hanukkah. By the way, this is different than Rashi. Rashi on the Gemara says we thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu by reciting Al Hanisim. But the Rambam clearly does not learn that way because the Rambam has no mention of the recitation of Al Hanisim in Hilchas Hanukkah. Instead, it is clear the Rambam understands the purpose of lighting the menorah is as the Riaz explains, that the manner in which we thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the way with which we express our gratitude HaKadosh Baruchu, is by lighting the menorah. So in fact, the Gemara does reference the mitzvah of lighting the menorah. The Gemara says, we thank Hashem. Comes the Rambam, and the Rambam explains with which act with which mitzvah do we express our gratitude, HaKadosh Baruch We do so through the lighting of the menorah. In other words, the Gemara is telling us the objective of lighting the menorah, and the Ramam is telling us the practical step that we take through which we express our gratitude. There's no contradiction. The Gemara did not leave out lighting the menorah, and the ramam did not leave out the mitzvah of gratitude. Instead, Deverei Torah, Aniyim b'makoy mechad, be b'makoy mechad. The, the Gemara is telling us the overarching objective, and the Ramam is explaining how that is fulfilled. The overarching objective is showing gratitude to Hashem. The manner with which we show our gratitude is by lighting the menorah. Sezra of Vesal, Jolti, of Orbach. In this sense, lighting the menorah is different from every other mitzvah in the Torah. Every other mitzvah natara, the Torah, or even the Rabbanan we do the mitzvah because God said so. And yes, we we always have accompanying feelings of gratitude to Hashem. But the purpose of the mitzvah is in no way an expression of our gratitude. We do it because God said so. There is in fact only one mitzvah that the express purpose, the express function and objective of the mitzvah is to express our gratitude to Hashem, and that is the mitzvah of Hadlokas HaMenoira. Says Ariyaz, umoidim alhanes b'hadlokas haNerois. And therefore, Rav Orbach says, A wondrous chidosh. Even though we know if somebody is away, technically if their wife lights the Menoira for them, they're Yodzei the mitzvah, but says Rav they may only be Yodzei the dry act of the mitzvah, but if the husband does not supply his own feelings of gratitude to the mitzvah, chasar ha'iker, they are missing the main component of lighting the menorah. In fact, says Rabbi says Rabbi Arbach lehalacha, since mitzvos require kavanah, and especially this mitzvah of lighting the menorah. That the whole purpose of the mitzvah is that it should be an expression of gratitude. If one lights the menorah on Hanukkah, and they have great kavanah in the bracha, and they light it, fulfilling all the details of the Mishnah by the way, one of those details I'm going to mention very quickly is the Bir hadlaka writes, which means that it's not enough just to merely kindle the flame onto the wick and then pull it away, but one has to actually hold the candle on the wick that's going to burn until the majority of the flame that will burn catches fire. In other words, it cannot catch on its own. One has to literally hold the candle on it until it catches. That's what the Bir HaLacha says, Hadlach Oysa Mitzvah means. So a person learns all the Mishnah Baraz and all the Sifan and and Aruch and all the Bir HaLachas and all the Sharad Siyon and is careful in all the minutia of lighting the menorah, But he forgot to think that they're lighting the Menorah for the express function of expressing gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Says Rabbi Shomazaman, says Rabbi Zahar one has not fulfilled the purpose of Ner Hanukkah. Chasar HaIker yedei Chayvasay You have not fully fulfilled the Mitzvah of lighting the Menorah. Says Rabbi Yeruch now we can understand and we could come to answer and have a greater appreciation for the question and response of Rabbi Yitzchak Sagi Nahar. After all, Rabbi Yitzchak Sagi Nahar wondered, the Gemara promises that Haragil Banar, anyone who is careful in lighting the, the Ner Hanukkah, will merit children who are Tamidei chachamim, children who are uh, Torah scholars. And Rabbi Yitzchak Sagi Nahar asks, Everybody lights the menorah, come on. What observant Jew doesn't light the menorah? And yet not everyone is zohah to this great bracha of banim tamid chachamim. And Rabbi Yitzhak Sagi Nahar, his answer is, well, not everyone is careful in all the details of lighting the menorah. But as Rabbi Rucham Oshin, there are today, Baruch Hashem, there are so many very learned Jews that are punctilious and are careful in every detail of lighting the menorah. So why doesn't everybody have children who are at Talmidei Chachamin? And the answer, says Rabbi Yeruch based on this khidush of Rabbi Talar Jolti, based on this chiddush of Rabbi Shomazam and Orbach, is that it could be there are many people who are knowledgeable in the minutia of how to light the menorah. But there are few people whose lighting of the menorah is a genuine expression of gratitude to the Creator of the universe, for the miracle of Hanukkah, and for all the incalculable and innumerable blessings that Hashem bestows upon us. So yes, if a child comes home and he sees his father and mother are lighting the menorah at exactly the right time with the precise amount of oil, following all the details, yet the child could tell, is my parent so grateful to that his, his or her lighting of the menorah is just a, a deep expression of their gratitude and their thankfulness to Hashem. A child who sees the deep gratitude of their parent and how they light the menorah and that lighting of the menorah is a genuine expression of that child will see the real relationship that their parent has with Hashem, that child has just been given the greatest key to embark upon and to pursue the great achievement of becoming a Talmud Chacham. You know why the lighting of the menorah is the most beloved mitzvah? You know why it's mitzvah? Well, as explained by Rabbi Rucham Oshan, if we were to narrow down, you know, We, from Jews, observant Jews, all Jews, we have many responsibilities. We have 613 mitzvot. And beyond that, we have so many mitzvot, Rabbanon, and Halachos. But if we would sort of narrow it down, you know, what are we here for? What does Riba want for us? What is our mission in this world? What is our mission statement? What is our, if we could hone in on, what should be our singular objective in our relatively short stay in oilam Hazah. We're all familiar with the historic words of the Ramban. The Ramban writes in the end of Parsha Voit that if we were to narrow down, if we were to summarize, to encapsulate, what is it that is our responsibility in oilam Hazah, says the Ramban, we have to be so careful in even the smallest mitzvah, like the most chomor mitzvah. Says the Ramban, Because any small mitzvah you do, you are acknowledging and thanking our Baruch Hu. Says the Ramban, The intention of all mitzvahs is to believe in our God and thank Him. Shehu barano that He created us. The purpose of all the mitzvahs in the Torah, Talis, Tfilin, Shabbos, Sukkah, Kiddush, Shiluah Hakein, Talmatar. the the purpose of all the mitzvahs is, is that we should recognize that Hashem Baruch Hu created us and we should thank Him. But the Ramban takes it further. This is not only the Kavana of all the mitzvahs, this is the Kavana of all of creation in its entirety. That God has no other desire in creation other than that we should know Him? And acknowledge and thank Hashem that He created us. So really, the function and the purpose and the objective of all mitzvahs is Hashem, thank you for creating me. Thank you for making me. Thank you for giving me the ability to think and to understand, and to see, and to hear. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my husband, for my children, for my yeshiva, for yeshiva Torah Sayim. Thank you for the Jewish people. Thank you for the Torah. That is the purpose of all the mitzvahs. But listen to the secret. While that is the overarching purpose of all the mitzvahs, yet there is one mitzvah that the sole function of that mitzvah is a direct expression of gratitude to Hashem. So while talis and Tefillin, we do them because God said so. And yet there's an overarching objective of thanking Hashem. There's one act that we do. Eight days a year. That direct message of that mitzvah, the direct purpose of that mitzvah, it is the most directed expression of fulfilling our purpose on planet earth and that is the mitzvah of lighting the menorah the mitzvah of lighting the menorah is the most direct way that a jew fulfills his and her mission and function in oilam hazel because as the riaz writes um elav bahad lakas the lighting of the menorah is the most direct expression of gratitude to Hashem, of all the mitzvahs that we do. And therefore the Ramham says, mitzvahs nerechanukah, mitzvah chaviva hi al-o'ed. It is such a beloved mitzvah to Hashem because it is our great opportunity to say, Yoban we get it. We say to you, thank you for making us, thank you for saving us, thank you for giving us Torah mitzvahs, thank you for everything. Thank you, Hashem. That is the message of lighting the menorah. If we are missing that, the Paiskim say there is something deficient in our fulfillment of the mitzvah. But, says Rabbi Yitzchak, if we are careful to light the menorah properly, with all of its minutia, and especially if it's accompanied by genuine feelings of gratitude, then we are vouchsafed the Havtocha, the promise of the Gemara, harogil bener, one who lights that menorah, havin bonim tamidechacham, will have children who are Torah scholars. And especially on a Yom Tif of Chanukah, where the miracle of the oil is the greatest gift imaginable. It is literally a kiss from HaKadosh Barucho. As we light that menorah, let us accompany it with genuine feelings of HaKadosh HaToiv, and the Riban will surely bless all of our families with the greatest possible blessing, and that is children. Bonim u Wonderful children. God-fearing children. Ba'ale midois Bonim tamide chachamim. Wishing everyone, Afrelich and Chanukah. Thank you so much.